Move Forward Radio is brought to you by MoveForwardPT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Find a physical therapist near you at MoveForwardPT.com. You're listening to Move Forward Radio, a podcast featuring interviews with physical therapists and other healthcare experts with advice on how you can move forward. Welcome to Move Forward Radio. I'm Eric Reese. As everyone knows, and as anyone who's ever given birth to a child is intimately aware, pregnancy is divided into trimesters, with each of those three stages having certain characteristics and requiring certain actions to keep both mother and developing fetus healthy and safe. But what about the fourth trimester? That's a term being used to describe the weeks and early months after delivery, when the baby's been born but health care involvement remains vitally important in order to ensure optimal recovery from pregnancy for the mother and optimal postpartum care of the child. In fact, a task force of an OBGYN group recently endorsed the fourth trimester care concept, a development that excites physical therapists who have a key role to play in postpartum care. In this episode of Move Forward Radio, Carrie Pagliano, president of the American Physical Therapy Association's section on women's health, discusses why women should be sure to check in with a physical therapist who specializes in women's health before, during, and after pregnancy. Here's that conversation. So, Terry, you're a physical therapist who specializes in women's health. In fact, you're president of the American Physical Therapy Association's uh, section on women's health. Physical therapy probably isn't the first healthcare discipline people think of when it comes to pregnancy. So, can you start by talking about the various reasons why and ways that women who are pregnant can benefit from physical therapy? It really starts from the very beginning, even when you're you're thinking about becoming pregnant. Women's health physical therapists are musculoskeletal experts, especially in the area of pelvic health, abdominal health, and pregnancy postpartum. When you're thinking about getting pregnant and you want to be in good shape to be able to have a good, strong pregnancy, we're people that you want to talk to, and then also throughout pregnancy as well as your body changes. And then obviously there's a lot of musculoskeletal changes that go on during pregnancy that we've got to deal with afterwards. And those are usually the things that people think about the most. They want to get back in shape and get their bodies back, and so we we are the people that you want to talk to from a muscle standpoint, especially with abs, especially with pelvic floor, to talk to and, and learn what you can do prevention-wise and then learn what you can do after babies. Just as a, as a kind of a parenthetical here, when you talk about pelvic floor, just in case, in case people don't know it by that term, can you talk about what that is? It's basically the muscles that you need to control peeing and pooping, and those, those are also the muscles um, that are involved with orgasm and sex. So any of those muscles down there, and then obviously with with pregnancy, with vaginal delivery, those are the muscles that get stretched out a lot and sometimes have a little bit of trauma to them. Those are the muscles that we're talking about. Terry, it's, it's your strong belief uh, that physical therapy has an important role to play uh, postpartum as well, that is, uh, after the baby's been born. That's going to lead into our discussion shortly of a, of a concept that's been called the, quote-unquote, fourth trimester. But before we get into all that, never mind the fourth trimester, what are the first three considered to be, and what's involved at, at each state of those stages of pregnancy? So there's three main trimesters that, that people know about, and obviously we'll talk about the fourth. But the first trimester, that's the one typically where you're getting a lot of changes very fast. Um, those are uh, hormone changes, 
um, body changes aren't as obvious. So that's not going to be the, the trimester where you notice as much weight gain. Um, and typically, people don't talk about it as much with their friends and family because they're waiting to, to get through to that, you know, 13th week when ideally the, the pregnancy is viable. The, the second trimester pretty much starts after that 13th week. You're getting a lot more growth, and the body is starting to prepare for pregnancy. This, so the lot of pelvic changes, that pelvic ring that the baby's ideally going to go through for vaginal delivery, um, that's starting to expand a little bit. Back pain, breast pain, abdominal expansion, those are some, some highlights there. And then the third trimester, that's when mom just gets big. And usually uh, that's when you see the mom waddling around a little bit or she's having a little bit more time getting through her daily activities. A lot more fatigue sets in and really a lot of growth of the fetus is happening during that time. So those are some of the major highlights. And fortunately, women's health physical therapists, we are in a prime position to be able to help out with, with any muscular issues during that time. Well, speaking of helping out, uh, recently a task force for the American uh, College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists issued an opinion embracing the concept of a postpartum fourth trimester, the idea being that mother and child need ongoing care for at least the first uh, 12 weeks after delivery. I've seen a statistic that an estimated 40% of women don't pay even a single visit to a health care provider in the months after their baby is born. And, and I've also read that even when there is a postpartum visit, it's typically just that, uh, a single encounter with a with a primary care provider, usually at around six weeks after delivery. So before we talk about the merits of the OBGYN group's actions and your thoughts about this fourth uh, trimester concept, can you talk about the dangers of women not checking in with a health care provider in the weeks and initial months after delivery or at best paying just that one single visit? In other words, kind of what can go wrong for, for both mother and child? What, what might be missed that, that should be addressed? Speaking as a practitioner and also a, a mom of two kids, I think there's a lot of focus right after delivery on the child, which is fantastic. And moms tend to forget about themselves. They might do that one checkup with their OB, but even then they might not know things to start to pay attention to. And, and usually the things that they're aware of is abnormal bleeding that continues on or, or things that, that are more kind of threatening. But what we're able to look at are things that I think a lot of women think of is this is just what happens with postpartum. And these are things like continence issues, diastasis recti, painful intercourse. These are things that actually women may not realize. These are common, but these are not normal things that are to be happening after, after delivery. And this is regardless of vaginal delivery or cesarean section. So as far as some of the dangers, I think one of the biggest pieces is as women try and get back to exercise and back to work, being able to do that safely, but also realizing that even though you may have leakage or pelvic organ prolapse or that heaviness in the vaginal region, these things are common. They're not normal, but they are things that they're much easier to address early on after delivery than several years down the line. One term that you mentioned in there, you said uh, diastasis recti. Can you explain for our audience what that is? It's actually become a lot more popular in social media. Basically, it's an abdominal separation. So every woman who is pregnant has some degree of abdominal separation because the, the abdomen is growing, obviously, with the growing fetus and the growing uterus. So sometimes women, after they deliver, that gap remains, and there's some difficulty coordinating the deep abdominals and pressure systems. And so I, I think we actually talked about this on another uh, Move Forward PT session, so that might be something to reference back if anybody's interested in learning more about it. 
So that aforementioned uh, OBGYN task force uh, recommends that, that women establish contact with a maternal care provider within the first three weeks postpartum, at which time the provider and the patient would discuss a wide range of postpartum issues, from feelings of depression to the need for physical therapy to address incontinence and resumption of physical activity. And then later, but within 12 weeks postpartum, a quote-unquote comprehensive postpartum visit is recommended to take place. Uh, and that visit also would serve as a, as a transition to ongoing maintenance care. So in your view, Carrie, do these recommendations all told constitute a significant conceptual shift in the acknowledgement of physical therapy's postpartum role? And, and, and also, why now? So, you know, we couldn't be more delighted that this is a formal recognition of our role as PTs. We've been doing this for years, um, and that's actually the origin of our association. We're physical therapists who were mothers trying to figure out what was going on with their bodies. Um, so this is very primal to us and kind of what our, our story is uh, as a profession. So what we appreciate about this recommendation, besides being highlighted, is that other things need to occur beyond just that one visit where you check in, make sure that there isn't anything significant going on, but also looking much deeper and acknowledging that moms have the potential for having not only muscle damage, but depression, being able to screen out other issues like continence, pelvic organ prolapse, rectal issues. Like there's, there's so many different things that may not come out in that first visit because that first six weeks postpartum, you're just trying to figure out which end is up. And, you know, speaking as a mom of two kids, to get out of the house with my kids intact and, and get a shower in one day was enough. So I think the more points of contact that we can have with this population, the more opportunities we can have to educate about what they may be looking for and especially return to activities such as sport. And moms these days are so incredibly active, you know, whether this is their first child or they have several. So we want to be able to, to guide them in safe return to sport and recreational activity as well as be able to, you know, get back to, you know, jumping on the trampoline with their kids without having to work, worry about leakage or uh, pelvic heaviness. So we, we couldn't be more pleased. But it, it, at the same time, too, we function under the assumption that once you are postpartum, you are always postpartum. So recognizing it that postpartum begins day one after delivery, but also will continue on lifelong. And, and we very much play a role in that, and we appreciate recognition of that. A quick break to tell you about Choose PT, the American Physical Therapy Association's national public awareness campaign. America is currently in the grips of an opioid epidemic. In some situations, dosed appropriately, prescription opioids are an appropriate part of medical treatment. But opioids only mask the sensation of pain, and opioid risks include depression, overdose, addiction, and withdrawal. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is urging healthcare providers to reduce the use of opioids in favor of safer alternatives like physical therapy for treating pain. Learn how a physical therapist can help you at moveforwardpt.com slash choosept. And now, back to this episode of Move Forward Radio. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Uh, you, you say kind of lifelong postpartum. Why, why, why is that important to take note of and to address as a physical therapist? So, I mean, the range of patients that we see, and, and you know, this is where I think uh, the ACOG guidelines really caught up to what was already happening. Many women were already seeking out physical therapy services any, anyway in this country, and in other countries it's, it's standard of practice to have postpartum physical therapy. But I may see a patient that she's a couple weeks postpartum and recognizes issues right off the bat, or I may see someone 
you know, they're, they're hitting their menopausal years and starting to notice issues with, you know, heaviness or pelvic organ prolapse or leakage that may have had initial roots in their delivery, but these issues are coming up much later in life. So it's like any other, you know, activity that you have uh, that has significant impact on your body. It's going to play a role at some point. It just depends on how much. So, again, postpartum can be anywhere between, you know, day one all the way up to, you know, when you're in your 60s, 70s, 80s, and so on. And if, if we can play a role to, to help educate and prevent surgeries, improve quality of life, because honestly that's what it's all about, that's a, a gap that we're happy to fill. You suggested that, uh, that the U.S. is kind of playing catch-up here compared to a lot of other countries. Are we seeing results there in, in terms of why this is advisable practice? This is an area where I, I think much more need for research is needed, and I think that's global. I think we can all agree to that. But I think there's a lot more awareness by mothers now to educate themselves about what may be normal and what may not be normal. So, you know, our, our grandmothers may have thought of, of leakage and organ prolapse as something that was just accepted, whereas moms now, they're going to CrossFit, they're running marathons, they're, they're doing all these things, and they don't like the inconvenience of leakage. They don't want to feel like things are falling out of their body, and they're willing to find out why that's happening and try and do something about it. So I think the consumer is being much more proactive, um, and I think there's so many more resources out there now, you know, with media um, and the Internet to be able to find options to be able to change your situation. Um, and so the, the research is continuing to catch up with that, um, and because I think the demand is there. So we're looking forward to continuing to fill those research gaps, but at the same time, meeting the needs of the consumers. Carrie, just to go back and, and clarify, uh, you've used, used the term prolapse a number of times now. Just in case anybody should not specifically know what you're talking about when you talk about prolapse, could you could you define that? Sure. So prolapse, I think the easiest way to to think about it, and it's it's you know it's it's not anything that's fun. It's basically you could have an organ such as your bladder or your uterus or your rectum start to fall out of a, an opening. So pelvic organ prolapse, it could be the bladder dropping down, that's cystocele. You could have the rectum dropping down, either kind of out of more the vaginal opening or the rectum, that's rectocele. You can have uterine prolapse. You can have multiple things. And you don't necessarily have to have children to have prolapse, but because vaginal delivery, there's a lot of pressure and bearing down involved and a lot of effect on the ligaments that attach to the organs. It's a common um, diagnosis. I, I think probably most people know it in context of, the, the recent legal issues with mesh surgeries um, that a procedure used to correct it. But when prolapses are minor in that the organs aren't descending outside of the body, actually there's getting to be a growing body of research that shows that pelvic floor strengthening and working on addressing the pressure system, such as breathing and abdominals and that sort of thing, can actually reduce the symptoms of heaviness, which is a primary complaint with prolapse. So that OBGYN task force expressed its hope that in, a, in addition to raising awareness of the importance of postpartum care, these new recommendations will, will influence payment and other policies related to such care. So what are your thoughts on the potential barriers to progress, and how optimistic are you that these recommendations will, will become reality in time? I think some of it, I mean, for us as public practitioners, because it's a muscle diagnosis and PT diagnosis that we're treating, usually most insurances do cover pelvic physical therapy anyways. Typically the diagnoses that we're seeing during pregnancy 
may be incontinence, but it also may be sacroiliac pain. So that's that pain kind of on one side of your low back. Or maybe symphysis pubis pain, and that's that pain right in the center of your, your pubic bone in the front. So the diagnoses that, that we've been seeing related to pregnancy, these are diagnoses I think that insurance companies have, have been uh, covering for a long time. I think what we're hoping for is for those that have limitations on duration of care and episode of care, start to recognize that these, these are lifelong issues and concerns, and looking at patient care as much more holistic as opposed to episodes of care. So, you know, for us, we're going to continue to focus on addressing whatever those symptom complaints are for the patients, but we obviously would love to know that patients don't have to worry about they only get two visits postpartum. They, they would get what they would need. So ideally, we, we are totally in support of insurance companies and any sort of advocacy efforts to support care for the patient when it's needed, but also no limitations on what postpartum is considered. That's where that concept that you had mentioned earlier of sort of once postpartum, always postpartum comes in. Exactly, exactly. You've mentioned in a number of points that, that, that you are a mom, you have two children yourself. So based on the combination of your knowledge and training as a physical therapist and, and your real-life experiences as a mom, sort of in closing, what advice would you give those listening to this podcast about their optimal interaction with the healthcare system both during and after pregnancy? Well, I think when you're thinking about having kids, I think it's a great time to start thinking about what you want life to look like afterwards. And we get really focused on the pregnancy and we get really focused on the baby, but um, a little bit bigger picture about, you know, you want to be active with kids. And as much as we can prepare in ways that are safe during pregnancy, again, physical therapists can play a, a wonderfully supportive role in guiding exercise programs for that. But then also, if you do happen to have a delivery that resulted in some issues, there's options that can get you back to lifting and doing weight work and running without symptoms or to, to, to minimize them as much as possible. So, you know, as a mom myself, we, we all go into pregnancy having, you know, these ideas that everything's going to turn out perfectly and, and whatever problem somebody else has, that's not going to happen to me. And, and I can say that because I laminated my birth plan um, and my son <laughs> didn't read it, but um, it's, it's one of those things, be prepared for anything, but have a support system that's available to help you reach whatever goals that you have envisioned for afterwards. And, and having a great women's health physical therapist on your team and as your advocate, not only before, during pregnancy and after pregnancy, that can really set you up to, regardless of what happens, help you find the help that you need um, to address those goals that you want to meet. So, Carrie, one more thing. If, if someone is interested in uh, locating a women's health uh, physical therapist, uh, is, there, is there a way they could easily do that? Absolutely. Uh, we have a PT locator on our uh, Women's Health APTA page on the web, and the, the website is womenshealthapta.org. So you can type in your zip code, you can type in the problem that you're looking for, and the locator will find the, the physical therapists that treat women's health that are in your area. And, and that's any consumer can do that. Exactly. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for joining us today on Move Forward Radio. Thanks so much. You've been listening to Move Forward Radio. Insight from our guests is for informational purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or find previous episodes at moveforwardpt.com. Move Forward Radio is brought to you by moveforwardpt.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. 
Find a physical therapist near you at moveforwardpt.com.